Welcome to this week's episode of Life Talks with Lex. I'm your host, Coach Lex, a self-development and leadership empowerment coach. And on this week's episode, we're talking all about the good stuff, joy, and of course, some of what keeps us from joy. Stick around. It's been a minute. I am so glad to be back with you guys. I hope you all had a great week last week. I hope you spent some time with the family, took a break, maybe did some traveling. It was a weird week. I was so thrown off because, you know, some of us still had to work on Monday and then the holiday was on Tuesday and then we were back to work Wednesday for that, you know, short work week. It just threw me off. And I just knew I couldn't record a podcast episode because I didn't have time last week. I felt there was no point. Everyone was busy with the holiday. Uh, And I was also traveling. So I kind of felt guilty for that. But I told myself, Lex, you need this break. It's good for you. It's good for your work. You'll come back revived. And that'll be that take this break. Of course, I find myself on the beach. I'm having a great time with the family, enjoying myself. And then the thoughts creep in again about how are you going to catch up with all these things you need to do with the podcast? And you didn't even say you weren't recording an episode this week. And what's everybody going to think? That's what we do, right? We know we need a break. We take it. We spend the first two days like letting loose, glad we took the break, F work, F this, who cares? And then on the third day, those thoughts creep in about all the emails piling up in the inbox, the to-do list we're going to have to come back to. But it's important. It's so important once in a while for us to take those breaks And do those things that we enjoy with the people we love. And just truly be there. Be present. When I posted a poll last week, asking you all what you'd hope this episode would be about, some of you said, well, we need to talk about fear and uncertainty. I was like, okay. And... More of you said, no, 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 joy, joy. We need to talk about joy and the things that get in the way of joy. And I thought, well, we can't really talk about one without the other. Those, those two concepts kind of go hand in hand. But fear and, fear and uncertainty definitely deserve their own episode because we, we're all facing that. We're all grappling with that all of the time. But I agree, we do need to talk about joy. Because joy is often the first thing we rob ourselves of. Me included. It's something I feel this year I've robbed myself of a little bit. While trying to give myself more of it, oddly enough. 
So it's an interesting balance. Before we begin the journey, I want to take you down and through of joy. I want us to just take a moment right now and center ourselves. For some of you, that might mean just taking a deep breath. Or it just might mean focusing on something in front of you that's going to call you back to that place of calm, that place of stillness. Just whatever it is, just center yourself. Now I want to ask you to think of a time when you truly felt joyous, when you truly experienced joy. And although I haven't yet expressed the difference between joy and happiness, because there is, pick a time when you think you felt pure joy. And I'll share with you a few of my moments. One of them was recording the relationships episode of this show. It was the second episode. And I remember I was in my house alone, in my office, on a Sunday afternoon. And I had really taken the time and the energy and the effort to create this episode, as I do with all of the episodes. But this one, I really took my time with. There was no rush. There was no feeling of, I got to get this done. The episode has to be done by Tuesday. It's got to go out. None of that. It was just kind of a slow dance. I spoke, I wrote, I read, I crafted. And when I completed this episode, after I put it together, I felt this pure joy. And it wasn't happiness. It wasn't relief. It wasn't satisfaction. It was just joy. It was a Sunday. And usually on a Sunday... By that time, I'm just in that spiral of existential dread because a new week is starting all over again. And there was none of that. I had expressed, I had created, and I had been present in my space. I remember getting up from my desk at this point and just sort of just slowly with this with this 
joy continuing that dance to the kitchen. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not a kitchen person. (laughs) I don't love to cook. I don't love to be in the kitchen. Uh, As you may know by now, I've had a an ever-evolving relationship with food. But on this particular day, I went in my kitchen. I was still home alone. I went in my kitchen. I turned on some music. I got out the cutting board. And I was, I was just present for every vegetable I cut. Everything I did, I was right there for it. I was right there experiencing it. And I just felt this joy of life. Another time, this was sometime last spring, I was working, I believe it was two or three jobs, as I often did. And one of my jobs was an academic advisor type role for the human services department of my former college. And it was an honor to be a part of that department because I loved the students. I loved the faculty. It just, it, it brought me to life. And so it was, it was May, and I had been asked to usher the human services students in for their graduation ceremony, which was also such an honor. I also, at the time, had been working administratively part-time, or it was supposed to be full-time, but I was working part-time. And I had also been asked to uh, com- to create some signs for a friend's wedding because I, I had a little crafting um, gig on the side that I did, you know, home decor and wood signs and such. So I remember I had gotten home from the ceremony and that in w- within itself brought me a lot of joy. But I, I came home from the ceremony and I was sitting on my living room floor and I was in my bathrobe and I was I had my hair up and I had paintbrushes and I had chalk pens and I had these signs I was working with for this wedding. And I just sat there for hours just creating and expressing. And at some point, I just remember this uncontrollable smile coming across my face. Because at that time, I was also dabbling with, um, I was dabbling with the idea of my coaching business. And I was not by any means in full swing or, but I had, I had started laying the groundwork with social media and so this this smile 
came across my face and also tears came down my eyes. And I thought, oh my God, I'm a crazy person. What is happening to me right now? And, and what I identified and what I wrote about after that moment was joy. Joy and success. Because to me in that moment, what I had was a full life. Each facet of it, so vastly different. I wasn't sure which facet or how far each facet would go or would take me. But the ability for me to be able to dabble in them all in that moment and be living out my heart, my life, my creativity, my passion, that was joy. Joy. In a bathrobe, on my living room floor, with my hair a mess, with the floor a mess, (laughs) creating wedding signs, working two jobs. That was joy for me. So I'm wondering what your moment is. Many people, when you talk about joy, will say it was the birth of my child. There is nothing comparable to that moment. Or you'll hear a mother talk about dancing with her son at a wedding or a father walking her daughter down the aisle But there are a plethora of moments in which we experience joy. And not all of them are as sunny as the examples that I just gave. So I guess it helps to first talk about what joy is and what it isn't. Maybe you've already got a sense of of that from what I've shared and from what you've experienced. But let's just talk about it here for a second. Joy is not happiness. They're two different things. Happiness is an external condition. It's dependent on external conditions. And it changes from moment to moment. I'm happy, I'm not happy. You made me unhappy, this made me unhappy, this made me happy, etc., etc., etc. That's happiness. Joy is also not positivity, meaning our lives or the condition of our life at a given time, does not have to be deemed good or positive in order for us to experience joy. Joy is also not excitement. It's not, I'm excited to see this new person that I just met. I'm excited to go to a concert. It's not anticipation. It's not looking forward to that concert. 
It's not looking forward to that vacation. I'm not saying that we can't have all of those things alongside joy because we often do. But what I'm saying is that they're not the same thing. So I want to read you two excerpts on joy. And we'll sort of define what joy is based on these excerpts. Because it is more of an internal experience than it is external. So the first excerpt I want to read you is from the very famous author and spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle. Many of you may know him from his work, um, from his book, The Power of Now. And he just enlightens the collective on conditions of the human experience. He is one of the first authors on my healing journey and kind of through this philosophical dance through life that I picked up and was fascinated by. And so the excerpt is not coming from the power of now, but it is coming from his book called A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. This book, I think everyone should have a copy of. It changed the way I saw my life. It changed the way I lived my life. And it challenged any way in which I had thought I was living. So let's get into it. This section of the book, and it's nice because it's broken down into sections, little headings and then passages. This focuses on the joy of being, not a coincidence. I'm going to read it to you now. This is page 213. He says, unhappiness or negativity is a disease on our planet. What pollution is on the outer level is negativity on the inner. It is everywhere, not just in places where people don't have enough, but even more so where they have more than enough. Is that surprising? No. The affluent world is even more deeply identified with form, more lost in content, more trapped in ego. People believe themselves to be dependent on what happens for their happiness. That is to say, dependent on form. They don't realize that what happens is the most unstable thing in the universe. It changes constantly. They look upon the present moment as either marred by something that has happened and shouldn't have, or as deficient because of something that has not happened but should have. Put a pin in that statement. And so they miss the deeper perfection that is inherent in life itself. A perfection that is always already here, that lies beyond what is happening or not happening beyond form. 
Accept the present moment and find the perfection that is deeper than any form and untouched by time. The joy of being, which is the only true happiness, cannot come to you through any form, possession, achievement, person, or event, through anything that happens. That joy cannot come to you ever. It emanates from the formless dimension within you, from consciousness itself, and thus is one with who you are. Whoa. Okay. Let that sink in. Um, <laughs> let's go back to that statement because I, uh, we need to talk about that when we get into what keeps us from joy. And I mean, he pretty much covered it, but the statement, they look upon the present moment as either marred by something that has happened and shouldn't have, or as deficient because of something that has not happened, but should have. And I would even add to that statement. Not happened yet. I would add this seeking, wanting, driving element that we're going to come back to because that's important when we talk about the barrier between us and accessing our joy. Okay, I'm going to put that down for a minute. I'm going to read you the second excerpt, which comes from, of course, my girl, Brene Brown. You guys sick of me yet? (laughs) I can't not read this excerpt from Brene because Brene has written a book called Atlas of the Heart that literally, I mean, literally defines the life conditions and human emotions and human experiences for us based around research and experience and personal stories. So I have to read you what she says about joy. Also because uh, she covers this in The Gifts of Imperfection as well. But it's, it's important for us to have context of this when we discuss our barriers. She writes, I love thinking of joy as the good mood of the soul. There is definitely something soulful about joy. Based on our research, I define joy as an intense feeling of deep spiritual connection, pleasure, and appreciation. Researcher Matthew Kwan Johnson explains that people find experiences of joy difficult to articulate. He hypothesizes that the very nature of joy pushes the boundaries of our ability to communicate about lived experience via spoken language. He also suggests that because language can shape lived experience, 
cultures that have that have more words to describe the emotion of joy may also experience joy more richly. Johnson shares that while experiencing joy, we don't lose ourselves. We become more truly ourselves. He suggests that with joy, colors seem brighter, physical moments feel freer and easier, and smiling happens involuntarily. Oh, oh, I didn't plan that. I, I said that in my, when I shared my story. Anyway. Some researchers even describe spontaneous weeping as a part of the overwhelming experience of joy. Okay, it's getting weird now. All right. (laughs) For me personally, one of the greatest lessons I've learned from two decades of research that has been understanding the relationship between joy and gratitude. Let me put a pin in that. I want to also read you, before we go on, um, on the opposite page, joy and happiness are are, um, juxtaposed. And she writes, joy is sudden, unexpected, short-lasting, and high intensity. It's characterized by connection with others or with God, nature, or the universe. Joy expands our thinking and attention, and it fills us with a sense of freedom and abandon. Happiness is stable, longer-lasting, and normally the result of effort. It's lower in intensity than joy and more self-focused. With happiness, we experience a sense of being in control. Unlike joy, which is more internal, happiness seems more external and circumstantial. So the part about we become, we don't lose ourselves in joy, we become more truly ourselves is right in line with what we read in uh, The Joy of Being by Eckhart Tolle. Joy seems connected. It's connected to what we're experiencing. It's not a result of, it's just a thread of. So let's think about that for a second. You're saying, how, how, how does this differ from happiness? Still don't get it. How does this differ Happiness, we may not be happy about something, but we can still feel joy about it. When we feel joy, we could still be happy. But joy does not require that life condition of good. It just is. It's the essence of the experience. Both authors mentioned, it's hard to articulate, it's hard to describe what joy is in a tangible sense. 
You know, it's characterized by those moments when you you feel the tears coming to your eyes and you're like, oh my gosh, why am I crying right now? You know, this is, this is a sad moment or seems like a sad moment or it's a happy moment. But tears are coming to my eyes and we often say, well, it's happy tears. But usually it's joyous tears. It's, it's being moved to a point of expression that in that moment, we can't nor want to articulate with words. We're in our, our sensory body. We're in a spiritual place where we are connected with something in the story, something in the world, something within us, something within nature that gives us this sense of life and life's joy. And that's hard to describe. Because that means you might look at a tree outside. You might look at a flower and be moved by its beauty and moved by the fact that you have eyes to see it, that you planted this, that you came upon this life form. And it seems kind of silly. But sometimes that's just joy. Joy does not always make sense. It's not always supposed to. We don't have to make sense of it. It does not get labeled as good or bad. It just is. And that's the beauty of it. It could be a really big moment or it can be a really small moment. You could be in the middle of the same routine of sitting down to dinner with your partner in the same tiny apartment you live in. with the same life conditions. And in that moment, you might experience joy, not happiness, because you might be bored to death, (laughs) but you experience a greater sense of joy. It's pretty wild if you think about it. Everyday moments, big moments, small moments. All of these moments can elicit joy in a very deep sense. Well, how? How? What does that mean? What do we have to be? Where do we have to be? What do we have to be doing? Who do we have to be in order to experience joy? The answer is human. (laughs) You have to be human. And the biggest piece, the biggest pieces, the biggest keys to joy are awareness, 
because it's in that moment of consciousness in an everyday moment that you connect to your surroundings. You come out of this autopilot thought box, which is the mind, and you start observing and experiencing with awareness this joy. It's also, uh, it's also gratitude. And to go back to that connection Brene mentions of gratitude and joy, I absolutely agree. Gratitude was something that shifted my lens entirely. Um, Because what had happened with me for so long was I was in a perpetual state of chasing happiness. And I was kind of unaware of what it meant to be joyous and not just happy. And when I started working and volunteering and interning uh, within the recovery community as I was completing my degree, there was a huge focus on gratitude. And of course, I knew what gratitude was. I knew I was grateful for things in my life. I was thankful, obviously, but it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to practice it. Gratitude should be a verb because gratitude in action is a verb. Gratitude does not work. (laughs) It does not translate if you don't practice it actively. Like nothing happens passively with gratitude, but Gratitude practiced actively, I think, equals joy. Gratitude, as you know, turns everything that we have and that we're experiencing in those everyday moments into enough. When we call our attention, our awareness to those moments, we're overcome with this gratitude. I'm here. I'm here. This is my life. I get to experience this with this human being in this place at this moment in time. God, how full of joy I am. You know, and that's that's where I was in that moment on the floor creating wedding signs going, I can't believe this gets to be my life. I get to do all of these things that I love so deeply. Incredible. Another key to joy. Inner space. The inner space. We need to create inner space to hold joy. When we are clouded with thought, overcrowded with thought, 
and overcrowded with, I'm not going to mention them yet, but all of the things that keep us from joy, all of those daunting concepts that keep us from joy, there is no space for us to experience it. So we have to release some of those things and we have to make room for joy to be experienced. The final piece, the final key, I would call willingness, openness. Because if in your mind right now you're saying, I don't buy this shit. I don't believe this. I don't think I can experience joy. It's impossible. Then guess what? You're not going to. You're not going to. You're not going to access that part of you. Because you would rather stay overcrowded in autopilot thought box mode. You would rather stay stuck in those barriers that keep us from joy. And while we're at it, let's go right into those, shall we? At the top of the list, at the very top of the list, is fear. Fear. This is why I said uh, we couldn't talk about this concept without fear and uncertainty. Because it's at the top of the list of what keeps us from joy. The fear of feeling that joy. Why would we be fearful of feeling joy? Oh, I don't know, because it can be ripped away. Because we're not sure how long it will last. Because we not, we're not sure if we can allow ourselves to stay in that space of joy and not be disappointed. Foreboding joy, as Brene Brown would say. That thing we do when uncertainty arises or the possibility arises of what may come next keeps us from our joy. And I was just talking to a friend about this. I was just saying... You know that thing we do when we work our tail off to go to school and we're doing things that we love, we're doing something we love, and we do experience this pure joy when we finish, when we graduate and we get our degree and we're standing you know, proud of ourselves and we're experiencing this joy and then what happens? What happens? Someone says, well, congratulations. We're so proud of you. We're so happy for you. And then a week later, they go, what's next? So what's next for you? Are you going to get your master's now? 
Are you going to get your PhD? What, 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 what do you think you're going to do for work? Well, uh, what about this? What about that? How about this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Immediately. The moment of joy is over. And maybe we're that person saying those things to ourselves. Like, okay, next, next, next step, next step. Right? We're in a rush. We're in a rush to rush off from everything that we just did that was so great. It was so, you know, so damn satisfying. It was so incredible that we put in all this work and people celebrated us. And then it becomes almost unimpressive, dull, stale. Joy gets robbed. Or similarly, we're in a situation where we've experienced something that has brought us joy. Maybe take the birth of a child, maybe take uh, a marriage, and we are so full of joy. And then we think, oh, this is a vulnerable place to be. I might get hurt. If I continue to experience this joy, the other shoe might drop and I might get burnt. I might get hurt. I might get disappointed. Newsflash. (laughs) Those things are going to happen to us anyway. We're all human and therefore susceptible to all of those conditions. But that's us not allowing ourselves to sit in joy. We don't sit in it. Ever. We're like, on to the next thing. Or we're in that fearful state of what's going to happen if, what's going to happen next. We're in worry We're in anxiety. And we're in overthinking. We're in our our autopilot thought box mode. So instead of experiencing something, we're analyzing it. We're thinking about it in a multitude of different ways. I do this too, by the way. I rob myself. It's pretty funny when you think about it, right? Like we're actively robbing ourselves. (laughs) Who wants to get robbed? We are actively robbing ourselves all the time. All the time. We're just taking these these experiences away and saying, no, no, you don't deserve that. You can't have that. That's, no. There's more important things. It's truly incredible. Another thing that gets in the way of joy and you know what, I, I, I kind of, I lumped in with fear that chasing aspect, that chasing and that anticipating and that wanting and that waiting. And all of that is to say that we are disconnected or disconnected when we're in that, we're in that drive mode, drive forward, what's next? How can I get bigger and better? And how can, 
how can the grass be greener on the other side? We're not truly watering our grass. We're, we're just looking for the next big thing. We'll be happy when. Life will be good when. We're not on the journey. We're just tirelessly seeking the destination. And here's a little secret. We will never get to it. So another thing my girl Brene likes to say is comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. What does that mean? I think about that two ways, right? I think about it first automatically as an artist. Obviously, one of my most joyous states of being is in creation. That's like my natural state is to create and to express and to you know, immerse myself in art. And so it always kind of has been. And what's happened to me many times in my life <laughs> is I experience that joy, you know, I experience that joy of creating while I'm doing it. And then once it's done, and I have to put it out there or I decide to share it, the joy immediately dissipates because now it's not good enough. It's not worthy. It's not perfect. No one's going to like it. Every other writer has written this before. Every other person has said this. It's not unique enough. It's not original enough. It's, I mean, the list goes on and on. And we do that with everything. We compare ourselves to other people. If we're parents, we say, well, they look like better parents than we are. I don't know. I'm not doing this correctly. I could be doing this so much better. Just focused on this, this, this comparison. Uh, you're standing at the end of of uh, of your college degree with someone in your same field that had higher honors than you, and then suddenly graduation becomes like minimal, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I graduated, but this person graduated with honors. I should have graduated with honors. I could have. Why didn't I? There goes joy. You watch it walk right out the door in comparison. The other way I think about comparison is through expectation. We do this sort of... uh, idealistic painting of what we think things should be 
what life should look like, how things should feel before we even experience them. And then when we do experience them and they don't compare to the idea that we created, there's no room for joy, only disappointment, right? Because it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, doesn't measure up to what we set our invisible standard to be. And then we just go back into overthinking and we go back into disappointment and all of that. See how these things are kind of like interconnected. They're very interconnected and they all kind of start in the mind, in that autopilot thought box that we have up there. And why are we doing all of this? Why are we doing all of this? Well, maybe we don't trust. Maybe we don't have faith. Maybe we don't believe that others can bring us a sense of joy because we've experienced so much pain. Maybe we don't trust that joy can stick around. And so all of these things like fear and overthinking and worry and chasing, they protect us. They protect us from what we believe to be on the other side of this joy, which is pain which is sadness, which is hurt, which is disappointment. We go into defense mode and we say, no, 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 you're not going to get me because guess what? This is way too good to be true. And I'd rather stay in my position and never feel joy if it means it's gonna get taken away. That's what keeps us. And they're pretty big things because uh, I could tell you, I've definitely struggled with all of them. Still do, still do, especially The chasing and the overthinking and the fear and uncertainty, which we will talk about in another episode in greater detail. But think about it. Really think about it. Are you doing this? How often are you doing this? How often are we robbing ourselves blind? And for what? For what, by the way? For what? Because the human experience, as we know, is fluid. It's ever-changing. And there's never going to be a time in our life, never going to be a place, a condition of wealth, of success, of health, 
of relationship where we don't experience the opposite pain, struggle, strife, disappointment. We never become insusceptible to that. We never become insusceptible to that. So why are we keeping ourselves from joy? Why are we keeping ourselves from being in an active space of consciousness? Making room for this beautiful experience of life while we are here in this form of being human. Really great stuff. And I don't know about you, but I am in the pursuit of more joy in my life. Less comparison, less fear, less overthinking, less chasing, less comparison. Did I mention comparison already? Probably. I am in the pursuit of more joy more passion, more love, more creativity, more experience, experience. It's not always tangible. Can't buy it. But you have to be present for it. You have to tune in. That's why I said taking those breaks are so important. They put you in a space. They set you up for the opportunity to feel joy. That's what I want more of. For those of you that share that desire for more joy, but have seemed to be fighting fear and uncertainty and overthinking and comparison and trust and faith and connection. Reach out to me. Because I'm with you. But I also know how to help you work through that. And how to get you more joy, more return on your investment in this thing called life. You deserve it. We all do. All right. That's it. That's all I got for you guys. Be present. Be conscious. Be joyous. Be joyful. I love you guys. Until next time. If you enjoyed today's episode of Life Talks with Lex, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. To stay current on all the latest from Coach Lex, you can find me on Instagram at Alexis Christie Coaching or shoot me an email alexischristiecoaching at gmail.com with any comments, questions, concerns, or topics you'd like to see explored on the show. 
I look forward to hearing from all of you and I look forward to the next Conscious Conversation.